1: The Bench The Bench On ESPN 97.5
2: And on ESPN 97.5.com
1: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios Here's John Granato and Lance Zerline
2: Good morning, Houston. How are we doing out there? It's a special edition of The Bench as Moneyline fills in for the next four hours. That's what you get. If you're not familiar with us, we are ESPN 97.5 Sunday show from 10 to noon. It's Jerry Nose with a Z on Twitter. I'm in studio with the statistician, my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan.
0: What's up, Jerry? They wanted the best. Well, they couldn't make it. So they get us. They get us today. They get Money Line. We're going to try and entertain you guys. We're going to try and have some fun. You get the replica
2: version of what you usually get on your mornings, but the guy behind the glass, at least that's authentic. And you know him as Dell. We know him as Dell as well. What's going on?
3: I got to admit, I'm a little upset. Not necessarily because of you guys. I like you guys. Um, I didn't get word that the show was going on vacation. <laughs> like,. <laughs> I knew John was gone, but uh, Lance kept it to himself. So I just found that out, I think, yesterday or two days ago. Oh, everyone's gone but me, huh? I was listening, I
2: said. That's I- great. That's I imagine Dell as the uh, that Will Smith in the in the empty house. That's what I picture, <laughs> right, whenever you said that. I'm like, man, why didn't they tell Dell? Because I was wondering who was going to produce for us, and I was listening to the show whenever you said you were going to be here. I thought, hmm. And then John says he's going to uh some to, to rescue the world and ends up a golf trip, I guess
0: yeah, well I mean, that makes sense. Lance has trouble remembering his shoes, so remembering to tell Dell that he wasn't going to be here, that yeah, doesn't surprise just me just a much.
3: casual uh, omission hey, hey yeah, I guess I guess no one I guess no not want to tell me, so I'm here, which is fine what what did I have to do? There's nowhere to go. there's nothing to do. I would have been at home sleeping, which would have been great, but um I'm here, and Moneyline will be with you, yeah, if you guys don't know. S- they're always on Sundays. They're back. We go, they go 10 to 12, correct? Yep. On Sundays. So if you like what you hear today, you can hear it more often on Sundays here on the ESPN
2: 975. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. You can call us. You can text us. You can tweet us. You can watch us on Twitch as well. Feel free to come and hang out. Let's get into some sports. And the Astros, again, a win, a win streak. Um, I'm not sure that we can call it pretty, but we'll take it as it is. And I'm tired of these extra inning games. How about you?
0: Oh, my God. It's the worst. The- I thought this was supposed to speed up the game. It feels like they take even longer now.
2: It does. And these late games, it just
0: it, like I was stressing out from
2: that and then the Rockets and then I said, "Do I need to stay up for this Lakers Blazers game? I need to get up early tomorrow." But finally having sports back on, I feel like I was I was forced to.
0: <laughs> I was I told Brandon who works with me over in digital. I was like, "Man, Jerry has to be so excited about all this action. You know, Jerry's a big gambler, and with all these games going off at one time, I could just imagine you uh being very excited. We'll just put it that way throughout the whole day.
2: The
3: degenerate I am, <laughs> yes.
2: man, it's, it's just constant. And then now you throw in the DraftKings. That's why I was up last night sweating the DraftKings. I kept telling myself, man, I need to go to sleep, but I need to see what Lillard's about to do. We're going to get into the NBA playoffs, what happened. Your Rockets played yesterday as well. But let's touch on these Astros and Zant Grinky and his performance by far the best of this year. Once again, holding the opposite team to a little bit of runs, but not getting that much run support just enough.
0: Man, just enough, and I mean, Grinky has been fantastic. You know, he started yesterday with an ERA in the twos. It's down to one eight four now. Just incredible performance by Grinky. But man, the bats—they've gone cold again, Jerry. And now we see Jordan Alvarez back on the injured list. He comes back with this great return, and then nope. Just kidding. He's going to go back and, and not play for you anymore. Springer doesn't play yesterday. He gets scratched. I'm starting to get a little concerned, man. And, you know, Altuve, man, the slump continues. I mean, he's at 168 batting average for the season
2: that's ridiculous it's the biggest uh the most strikeouts he's had over a 20 game span in his career it's, it's mental we're gonna get into a little bit about the swing we got some stats to give you as as far as that what what do we think is going on because well, obviously we know he's swinging at bad pitches it's mental you know hitting in baseball it's, it's a mental thing and it's just a we hear less than a week ago hey take me out of out of the top of the order you know and put me in the back My guys can do better than I can, but at what point do you need your MVP-type caliber player to uh, take his position again? At one point or another, it has to happen, and I'm not sure that we're anywhere close to that.
0: No, man, it's not great. You know, you got Miles Straw coming through for you. But, hey, look, you'll take the win. I mean, they're winning baseball games, so we should be excited. They went on a, a losing streak, you know, a week or so ago. Now they're on a winning streak. So, you know, we're excited about that, but you do have to worry, like, How long can they sustain this? You know, the the pitching is actually doing a really nice job right now, and you still don't even have Urquidy back. So that may work out for you, but, man, I'm starting to get a little concerned with Springer, Altuve, and the big ones, Jordan, man. They're a different lineup when he's in it.
2: You know, Alvarez, it says 23 underwent MRI
0: are we sure he's 23? Cause I got a
2: cousin in, in this country. He's, he's 23 and I got a cousin that's, you know, 35 in one country and 42 in another. So whenever I look at him, he looks, he, he resembles a man that that's older than what he, than 23 years old. And I just don't like to see this with a, because this has been going on. We've known about this. It's just not the, not the severity of it, but it's never good when Dusty says, quote, I got a lot of concern for Jordan. He barely got back from the coronavirus, And now this he's got to get a second opinion. I think, And and we'll see what turns out from there.
0: He's got the knees of a 40-year-old. I'll give you that. But, I mean, here's my big concern is back in March when the original spring training was going on, they shut him down because of that knee. So then, you know, we did a sports mat video about, hey, this is great. This little break and this extended time is good for Jordan because he gets that knee right and it'll all, you know, be good to go. Man, that was bothering him in March. It's almost September, and that knee's bothering him. Like, what's going on?
2: I don't like it. From from a hitting standpoint, with the pitching that we have, or that Astros have, not we, I'm not out there, um, it just... I feel like they need runs. They, they're going to need five, six, seven runs every time. And right now, I, I just believe it's, it's a matter of getting lucky by opponent. Yes, the Rockies can score on occasions. But most of those wins we know are against the Mariners. We saw that. Yeah. I think it's a false sense of identity. Whenever we were, it was 10, to, 10 and 10 through the two, first 20 games, and you said, well, what's the next 20-game sample going to bring? We're going to move in little samples. Everything, because it's a 60-game uh, season, it's not the, the long ones we're accustomed to. So everything is going to have to be broken down in little segments. Right now, where we stand, hey, they're about to start a five-game road trip. Let's see where this goes because I feel the the, uh, opponents are getting stronger.
0: Uh, You got accustomed to playing the Mariners X amount of times. That's where most of your wins came from. And and how weird is this? Now, they're they're still playing the Rockies, but it's going to be in Colorado. You know, this is a weird season. You get done with the Rockies, and then you you head to Denver to play the Rockies. But, oh, well, we're going to have to get used to this new norm. Then they have the Padres after that. Look, I'm happy they're winning ball games. It looks like they're going to make the playoffs knock on wood. So, we got that going for us.
2: I'm not a, like I said, it's a false identity, I think, still, because this season's getting going. I'm not sure that that pitching's going to be able to keep anywhere close to this. I'm still scared of the bullpen. I am. It's young. We've known that. But all of a sudden, you got guys coming in that, I, I, to be honest, sometimes I see the guys, I'm like, who is that? I didn't even know he was on this roster. And they go out there and they throw they throw a few good uh, outs, you know, an inning or two, and then all of a sudden the ERA goes down. But it's a small game sample. What happens when you play the better hidden teams?
0: And that's the thing, right? You can't play the Mariners every week. But look, you know, Rockies, those those are some nice wins. So be excited about that. How excited are you of the Tatis Jr. news again coming
2: up? Because not only did he hit the Grand Slam and broke unwritten rules, unwritten rules that I'm not, I've never really played baseball too much. I played the Little League, Little, Little League, let's say that, just a few years when I was very young. But a lot of these unwritten rules, man, it just, it makes it, it deems the truth to people that say that baseball's boring.
0: It, it, that's kind of hard to argue, right? I, I heard the morning show on ESPN coming in, and and they were talking about that too. Keyshawn and the guys were like, hey, I, I have trouble watching baseball. They're like Dell. They get a little bored watching baseball, and now you're going to tell me that if a team's up by so many runs, they, they can't try to hit home runs anymore. They can't try and steal bases. So why am I watching?
2: I know, Dale, he's not a baseball guy at all. What do you think about all this, man? Because this is – it's getting out of hand, and you saw the – I guess the person very next gets the the, the ass end of the, uh, the bat because he gets the ball thrown at him. Where's the unwritten rule in that? There's got to be repercussions. And then the very next day, you see him still third
3: in a game that's also a blowout. Look, baseball has never made much sense to me as far as how they police the game because, you know, Tatis can – Swing away on a three zero pitch, and that's apparently a high crime. But let's throw a projectile ninety miles an hour anywhere near someone, and eh, that's just policing the game. Why? Why is why is the why is playing the game a problem? But you know, if I know it's it's baseball. You hit a guy in the back to prove a point. But you know what? If you missed, if you're wild, you're throwing something that could kill someone. But we're okay with that because because that's how it's always been. I don't want to hear about baseball's unwritten rules. They're all stupid. I mean, I've been talking about baseball and their nonsense for years now. This is why people who don't like the sport always question it because no other sport where you would you say, take a knee. It's pretty much what they told Tatis to do. Take a knee. Mm-hmm. Take a knee in the – let's say that with 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That's what they're telling him to do. Yes, we're up by 40, and the difference is you can't sub in your backups – um, at least he can't do that himself. They wanted him to take a knee. It's what they wanted. For what reason? Don't 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 throw the pitch down the middle. Fine. If if you want to nibble in the corner and try to get a strike and get get it to three one, that's fine. Or you can throw it outside and walk him. But don't ask me to take a knee in baseball. Actually, you know, baseball. I I I was told baseball doesn't like when you take a knee. <laughs> and I
2: think a lot has to do with now True. when you hear the, the hitting coach told him to take it. You know, he didn't see it. All, and then now the connections from that coaching staff to the Rangers if it, maybe it was another team it wouldn't be so harsh of feelings but it is what it is and now we have these unwritten rules getting talked about because in the past we've seen you know Soto he stands and looks at balls and he can't even stand a nanosecond without pitchers coming at him and saying hey you're watching the ball another unwritten rule which if someone stands and watches a home run go i mean it's 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 kind of a spit in the face it is depending
0: on the uh, i guess how long he stands at that plate yeah, but you can be the pitcher and strike a guy out and pump your fists and act crazy, but that's okay. But you can't stand there and watch your home run. It's ridiculous. I like Dell's point about taking a knee in the fourth quarter. That that reminds me of like the Water Boy, you know, and, and the Water Boys wrecking the game. So they're like, let's just not run any plays on offense. Let's take a knee every play.
2: Or what if he does it on the opposite side and 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 it's a blowout and he doesn't run it out? Say it's a it's an in ground it's a, it's an infield single or you know running it out and he just says, man, I'm not going to get to first base. Let me not run this out. It's a blowout anyways. Would we be talking down on him for not showing his effort?
0: Yes, it, it's ridiculous. So that's a that's the thing with baseball, man. And like, you can't run across the pitcher's mound on the way back to the dugout after you hit a fly ball out. There's just so many of them. It's it's hard to even keep track of, and it's a real issue for baseball, man. They they got to get their stuff together, and I don't see it happening anytime soon. I love watching my Astros, but I have trouble. You know, I'm not watching a, a Pittsburgh Pirates game if it's on. You know. On a weeknight on ESPN or something like that, it, it's an issue, man. Baseball's become regional, and it's because of stuff like this.
3: And Tatis is one of the best young players in the game. You know what happens in, in football when when your best player is having a great game because he had to hit a three run homer the inning before, and you're blowing the team out. You pull him out of the game. So if the but you don't ask him not you don't ask him to stop playing. So if you really wanted to be you want to be real about it, just take him out of the game. Yeah. Instead of have because it's a blowout, you don't want you don't want one of your best players taking taking his hacks, take him out, put a less talented player in and let him go. And let him try. Why why ask him not to hit
2: no, it's true. That's, that's, that's a great point. If Why put him in that position? But it's, it's obvious that you it's a, it's a guy that's hitting. He's hot. He's your young guy. You want him to keep hitting. So anything, hey, hit anything other than a grand slam here. Hopefully you don't go down 3-0. That's just too many things to go through to just say, hey, go out there and play baseball. That's all it is to it. Go guy. out there and play baseball. Hey, we didn't. there was no harsh feelings about this. We didn't take it as, hey, we're trying to stick it to you. It's baseball. It was a good count. It's a hitter's count. He missed the play? Sorry for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, there's cameras on, right? These games are on TV. Aren't they supposed to be entertaining? Aren't they supposed to be fun? That, that's the whole point. Go out there and, and try your hardest, and whatever happens, happens.
2: And that's the thing with football. Whenever they started making it the NFL, the no fun league, you know, the no celebrations or, or just certain things that you say, I mean, you're taking the fun out of it. That's why NBA. It's kind of right now that it's in the spotlight. It's actually a fun game. You see yeah. that they've changed it to a scoring game. The the shot clock resets after rebound. The, the the three point line. Just everything that NBA does, it caters to shooters and scores right now. On the opposite end, you have the no fun league, and you have baseball over here keeping it
0: antique. You're right. I mean, we're getting half-court shots that are going in regularly in the NBA now. You know, they're making it more fun to watch.
2: We're going to talk about those half-court shots coming up next. You're listening to The Bench Moneyline filling in here on ESPN 97.5. ESPN
1: 97.5. is The Bench on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's John Granato and Lance Zerline.
2: Welcome back to The Bench. 713-780-3776. A special edition as Moneyline is filling in for the next few hours. We try to get you uh, caught up on a little bit of baseball. Right here, we got a text Baseball is not for the casual fan. It never will be. You have to live the sport to watch it. I don't agree with all the unwritten rules, but overwhelmingly, baseball is the only one of the big three I can still watch. Football football lacks of defense, is garbage, and basketball is just a bunch of crybabies trying to get to the free throw line and faking it.
0: <laughs> now, I, I get all that. I mean, and I do. I yeah. do get
2: it because, in a way, he's not lying. Uh, that's what we see, in, uh, we see in basketball. A little bit less of it towards the playoffs, you hope. it tight, Things tighten up, and we're going to get right into the Rockets and a team that usually gets to the free throw line on the back of James Harden. The Rockets
0: pull a much-needed game one victory after a lot of teams are dropping game ones. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are to that point about, you know, guys trying to get calls and going down. Do you remember Harden staying down for an extended period of time last night cuz he didn't didn't get that call on the 3? And, you know, he's grabbing his knee, and I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I'm like, we lose Verlander, and then we lose Osuna, and then Westbrook that. is out. And then I'm watching Harden grab his knee at the beginning of the game, and I'm just like, oh, no. But doesn't it seem like Harden does that almost every game where he kind of stays down for an extended period of time after he takes a fall? He's a durable guy, but even the announcers made the point, like, hey, James is trying to make the refs realize, hey, you missed one here. You know, be careful. Look what look what could happen. In the NBA, they want Harden in these playoffs. No doubt about that.
2: And then the very next time he got the ball and he shot a three, if you saw it from the top of the arc, he, he did the same thing. He he kind of fell over and they didn't call it, though. And then they called one after that. So right. at the end of the day, he, I guess he got what he was looking for. Did it did it scare you some? Yeah, because you saw the way that it came down and it was just kind of like a wobble. That knee wobbled some. Yeah. And you wondered to yourself, no. Do not do this now. This is not the time. Who who would be in there once Westbrook and Harden are out? You're in oh big, big trouble. Not to say that they aren't now, but on the back of 37 points, 11 total rebounds, the Rockets are able to blow out the Thunder, a team that the spread was only one point. So Vegas didn't see it that big of a discrepancy because Westbrook being out. But it happened to be that. The a slow start. We saw that. I saw the first commercial break. They looked at Dennis Schroeder and they said a Harden stopper. You know, They said he's doing a great job just because Harden started – I mean, I think it was the second commercial break. Then you saw Harden hit the bench. The second team did a great job. Harden got to take an extended break. He didn't come in until like eight, nine minutes in that second quarter. Uh, left in the second quarter, took a good extended break. Then they blew it open some. So it was perfect timing.
0: No doubt about it. And look, they were hitting shots, right? When the Rockets are hitting shots, they're hard to beat, man. You get 21 out of Gordon. Jeff Green with 22. Mclemore with 14. When that's going on, they're hard to stop. Now,
2: do you guys – I said false sense of identity with the with the Astros maybe as far as the scheduling. Do you get, guys get a false sense of identity what's going on right now with the Rockets? Is it sustainable? Because
0: I'm seeing a different James Harden, the way he's playing it out. Man, I, I love what I'm seeing on defense from him, just the hustle. And it feels like he's, he's kind of taking that next step, man. I, I'm encouraged.
3: I'm not sure because um, we've seen really good performances early from him um, in playoff series, and it's hard for me just be- being here long enough and kind of doing this and trying to look at a micro view because I'm always – my head always goes to the macro view and what the ultimate goal is, but if I just want to look at this one game, this one series, his ability to make shots when any time OKC thought they were making a run, particularly in that second half, was big, and that's what he's there for. And it's interesting to watch the game as, and watch how the, the Rockets and how they play – um, can mess up an opponent because you saw, to start, OKC, um, saw the small lineup the Rockets were put out there and said, you know what, let's try to feature Steven Adams. And you, and for a little bit, it worked. The game was slower paced. It wasn't the frenetic pace the Rockets like to play at, particularly when Russ is there. And they picked up fouls on multiple Rockets, but they weren't scoring very many points because, you know what, you can't just dump the ball to Steven Adams and expect him to go get you buckets. It's, that's not how he's built. That's not how the NBA is built. Defenses... We'll will muck it up and then you then you ha- then he has to pass it out and they didn't have shooters and particularly yesterday and once they did that they stagnated you watched you watched that offense even when they stopped dumping at Stephen Adams because he was resting they, they those guys just stood around and took contested mid range jumpers so that that particular attack kind of messed up their whole offense until later in the game where they kind of got going a little bit but by that point it was too late so. The Rockets would love for you, particularly with an inefficient scorer like Steven Adams to dump the ball over and over again because it kind of screws screws with you so I so their defense was was uh, impressive. I wonder what OKC will do um, next round um, next 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 game because you can't Do that again. You can't dump Stephen Adams, and if he gets you a bucket every three times, that's not that's not good offense. And the best lineup
2: you saw, whenever the Thunder try to make a little run in that second quarter, and then even the announcer said, "This is their best lineup. This is actually the best five in the league for I guess plus minus whatever it is." That lineup entails having three guards. You got to have Alexander. You got to have Paul, and you got to have Schroeder on the. If you're playing into the Rockets' strength, which is playing small ball and that's what they do exceptionally well, then that hurts you. Now, they try to do the Adams thing to start, but I think that throwing a big man out there, you have to have the right type of big man, one that can actually score on his own, one that can shoot, and I don't think Adams is that guy. And it, the the bullet bit him. It started off really slow. The game was ugly at first. It was I mean, it ended up ugly, but the Rockets only scored 18 points or 19 points in the fourth and still had over 120.
0: It reminded me of when they... They missed all those threes. You know, I was having flashbacks again because it was just miss, 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 just three-pointer after three-pointer. I started getting worried. I'm like, James, you got to get to the bucket and pick up some fouls and just get some points on the board. And he did do that. James came through for you at the end of the game when you just needed to grab a few points to seal the thing up. And y'all bring up Adams. I Remember, he got banged up kind of early in that game. And I think that, you know, maybe – slowed him down a little bit. And the other thing is when they were fouling him, he wasn't making a lot of his free throws, and that really helped
3: the Rockets too. If you're, if you're an OKC fan, you have to hope that your second-year player, Shea Gilge's Alexander, shows up. He is he was, at least in my estimation, part of what was going to be the best backcourt um, in terms of matchup in these playoffs, at least in the first round, when you have him and Chris Paul versus Russ and Westbrook. And despite Gilgis actually being on the floor, he was a no-show like Westbrook was. You can't have that from him. He was really good all year and he's probably the building block for the future. Two for eight nine points. He was he was he was uh hesitant and and just he wasn't there. So if he's gonna play like that, they have no shot, even with Russ off the floor. So they're gonna need more from him and Schroeder as well. Those two guys and Chris Paul wasn't great until later in the late in the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter overall. Three for twelve from Schroeder. So that three guard lineup, as much as it's been big all year, was terrible last night.
0: Yeah, and that was a quiet 20 points from Chris Paul last night.
3: Real quiet. It's
2: just, it's the Harden points as well, though. That's what yeah. it's just changed, and I want to get into a little bit later on because I bet the prop, for example, the points and the rebounds, or, or the points and assists is actually what I did. The points missed by half a point. It was 38 and a half. He ends at 38, but the total number, it was like 46. I figured that the assists would get there, but the game he's playing now, the old Harden, would you would talk, about him, you would say, man, he dribbles it out 10, 12 seconds, and then he gets the offense going late into the shot clock. The harding you're seeing now, it goes a little bit quicker, so it's harder for him to get the actual assist because there's more than one pass, usually. He gets going fast. The The defense tries to double-team or trap He lets that ball go, and then that next guy, he lets the ball go again. So it's a swing, swing, and he doesn't get the assist, but he's still the one that generates the play, and that's what I'm seeing a lot. He's making the the right basketball play. He was efficient. He shot over 50% from the field, 54% from the field. It was a quiet 37 or 30, you know, plus 30 point, performance from what we usually see because usually you see it where he's how many times did you see him get to the rim yesterday and then still kick it to the corner when yeah. you're like you're thinking man oh james he takes that up which do I rather do when the shot's falling you're saying fine Go ahead, kick it to the corner. But what happens when that shot doesn't fall? And I think being a superstar of his caliber, eventually it's going to fall on his shoulders if the other shot doesn't fall, whether it's the right basketball player or not. We saw that when LeBron was featured in the finals all the time and people were saying, well, he needs to take over during that little spurt where he wasn't taking the final shot and he was passing it off. You're expected to make that play. And if the guy that you do make the basketball play, the right basketball
0: play to, he misses It falls on your shoulders because you're the star. Right, but I think it's you have to have a feel for how the game's going, right? Like if your guys are hitting those threes, keep feeding them. But at the end of the game, when they couldn't hit a three to save their lives, James finally, you know, he went to the basket, picked up fouls. You know, he got you those points when you needed them. So I think that's about, you know, feeling out how the game's going. If you need those points, you know, especially at the end of the game, that was, you know, we criticized LeBron forever for, for, you know, like you're saying, not just going to the rim, either getting the foul or or getting it in there with a high percentage shot. James did that at the end of the game. I think he's getting better at that. I think he's maturing. You know, it took LeBron a while to figure that out, too.
2: Now, you look at this team overall and you say, can they sustain this? Can that shot keep falling? Can they keep playing these teams that can't find the right lineup to beat them? Because there's a few teams out there that can contest that maybe do, like a Jokic, for example, over there with the Denver Nuggets. Can that team do enough and keep him on the floor to where it gives the Rockets problems? I think they're going to run into something eventually is just right now everything is falling for them. Like you said, these shots, a lot of them, if you look at the Rockets, they're uncontested. A lot of them you yeah. are thinking, wow, what a good look. Every one of them. Now you're seeing people like, okay, Covington, not to say that he wasn't a player that could create for himself that couldn't create for himself on his old team, but on that team, he could just come around off the ball screens and catch and shoot. Now you're seeing him get to actually take a couple of dribbles and walk into threes. How many times do you see them looking around like, okay, Green's looking around and saying, no one's going to come to me. I'll just take a dribble or two and just step up and shoot it which at some point people would say, man that's a bad shot for a forward. But at the same time with this offense, you're saying that's an open shot. That's what we're looking for.
0: Well, you know, you heard Van Gundy talk about it last night that because the Rockets were hitting shots, they weren't able to focus on Harden even when he was going to his dominant hand as much as they normally would because guys were bombing away from outside. And you bring up Covington. If I would have told you before the game he would have three points, would you have thought the Rockets were going to win that game? You know, I know everything doesn't die by Covington, but you at least expect him to be one of those contributors. And it was a pretty quiet night for him, but man, you got a lot out of the other guys.
2: One of those guys being Eric Gordon. I want to get your guys' thoughts coming up on that next I want to see what you think about game two, and we're gonna get into the rest of the NBA. Some upsets. We're on the horizon, and we got more NBA today. Here, you listen to the bench on the line, ESPN 975.
1: Your home for sports is ESPN 975. You're listening to The Bench on ESPN 97.5. And
2: on ESPN 97.5.com.
1: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's John Granato and Lance Zerline.
3: Well, yeah, that's a staple. You know, we're a good enough team to, whenever we're shorthanded, we still got to find ways to win games. And uh, defensively really helped us tonight. And, uh, and uh, we really put the ball in the hoop. Uh, we, we, you know, really attacked them, really knocked down shots. And, uh, uh we had a
2: good rhythm tonight. That is Houston Rockets' Eric Gordon. Knocking down shots is what he did on his way to 21 points. You're listening to The Bench and Moneyline Sunday show filling in here on ESPN 97.5. If you want to get in and talk anything Rockets, anything Astro 713-780-3776. Let's talk about Eric Gordon because we talk about having the other options, especially when Westbrook's not in there. Well, Eric we go. Gordon showed up and showed out last night. In 30 minutes of playing time, he did his thing, 21 points, and that's something that the Rockets need. If the Rockets can get that once Westbrook comes back, that third option that they can depend on, let's, let's remember that this is Gordon that's a six-man-of-the-year type guy or runner-up
0: at least, you know, that he, he's a finalist. Um, that's who you want to have. I was really impressed with him last night, and here's why. Early on, like, the three wasn't falling for him you know i was getting a little worried like man and he struggled with his shot for most of the year but he noticed that they weren't falling he started going to the basket and that's what you need to do and that made a big difference for him i did get a little scared did you see that kind of nonchalant pass harden through to him kind of kind of low and outside near the sideline and he fell down and tripped over chris paul and pj tucker and you know, I was just like, "Oh man, cuz it looked like maybe his knee or something with Gordon and you know, he's he's struggled with injuries, man." I was like, "Oh no, here we go again." But luckily he was okay. That was the only the the, the one play that stuck out for me that bothered me with James Harden last night was was that pass. It was it was kind of late, last second, and Gordon barely saw it coming out of, you know, the corner of his eye. And man, I was just, I'm like, don't get him hurt. Russ is already hurt. We can't afford to get Eric Gordon hurt.
2: 17 field goal attempts, 21 points. So, once you look at the box score for Eric Gordon, you say, I mean, 21 points, but yeah, it came on 17 shot attempts. Like you said, he, It it came in spurts. It came in in spurts that you'll remember because you want to have selective memory, but he can't be that inefficient. 17 shots, 21 points. It was needed. Somebody needed to hit it, but the way this team hits, I feel that anyone can throw up that amount of points with that kind of shot.
0: They can, and and let's remember who's not playing, Russell Westbrook. So, Gordon, you're going to have to be that guy that that, that goes to the bucket, And, and he did that when they needed it. Do you think that the
2: Oklahoma City Thunder changed things up, like Dell said, because if you start off with Adams again to start off that game, then you saw what could happen. He's They can take him out of the game off, or on the defensive side because they don't play in the paint. The Rockets are out there. If they're shooting from outside, what's going to happen? I mean, Adams has got to come out and, and hold someone. And, and if you look through the first half, where the Rockets can be taken advantage of on the boards, Oklahoma City wasn't doing that in the first half.
0: No, and what's kind of interesting is, you know, for these little play-in games, the Rockets actually played pretty well against big men. You know, they did well against Giannis and, you know, they against Anthony Davis in that Lakers game. You know, Porzingis, they did well against him. So even though they're small, they've actually had some success here against some of these these big guys.
2: Speaking of Giannis, speaking of other big guys around the league, the Bucks go down to the Magic, 110 to 122. Game one, the one scene, they were favored by over 10 points, 12 and a half points. I didn't see this coming just to sweep. If you would have bet the Bucks to sweep, you have to put 140 to 100. That's how big a favorite just to sweep the series.
3: Now you have the Magic stealing game one. What are your thoughts on that, Dell? I came in to talk to you guys uh, before the show, and I I put it on Twitter yesterday or late last night after the the Blazers Lakers game. Guard play is such a big deal, and that's something uh, our dearly departed Rahil will talk about all the time. Um, R.I.P. Reel. Just in peace. Yeah. He will talk about how big guard play is now. And a big man, even some as talented as Anthony Davis, or in this case, Giannis Antetokounmpo, sometimes it doesn't matter. And when Chris – now, you have a wing in Chris Middleton. He's not particularly a guard, but um, he's your wing. Uh, And and when he plays as poorly as he did, it's a problem. But if you look at their their guards themselves, Wesley Matthews, Eric Bledsoe, uh, DiVincenzo, I mean, even on name alone, they're kind of meh. As players, as when you just think about them, when you're comparing them to some of the backcourts in the league, but yesterday they were they were subpar. And Eric Bledsoe has a reputation of being a not very good playoff performer. That's something he's going to have to break um, if if the Bucks are going to be where they want to be. But Orlando did this to Toronto last year. Now now the difference is Toronto could lean on being the the home team in Game Two. The Bucks don't particularly have that. They are just gonna have to be the best team that they've been all year. But the bubble hasn't been kind to them. Even I guess you'd say their most impressive performance against the Heat. They did that. They they beat the Heat after being down big at the half. They came back and blew up the Heat out. The Heat didn't even have Butler Drogic, and we saw yesterday how important those two players are to the Heat. So the Bucks, I would, they probably have some concerns about their performance since they got to Orlando. They have not played well, and Game One was just a confirmation of what the first eight games that they played were. They're gonna they're gonna have to find Giannis was great. I mean, it's Giannis, I mean, a lot of shots to get to those 31 points, but even 3 of 7 from 3, so it wasn't like he, his, he was shooting poorly. You need more from Chris Middleton, and you're going to need bigger performances f- from uh, Bledsoe and Matthews. They didn't shoot the ball poorly, but when you watch Vucevic do it, did what he did, and then even Markel Fultz had a nice game, that backcourt's going to have to be better. And the defense as well. The magic scoring by
2: quarter: thirty-three, twenty-nine, thirty, and thirty. That's not the Bucks type of defense to play. The, def- the defense isn't built to give up that many points: one hundred and twenty-two. And then at the end of the day, man, something I'm seeing from Giannis, and we saw it at the end of the Rockets game. He, if it's a, if it's a late game or or if it's a one possession type of game, and he, he, it's like he has to get out running. If they get in a in a half court set, in the in the opposing defense is allowed to set themselves. It seems like it's hard for him to find that lane. He has to get going. It's, it's, it's almost like he has to have momentum to get things going. And you see him leave his feet a lot now. The 31 and 17 and 7, that it looks really good on paper. But a lot of that came, I mean, they were down by double-digit points and with 20-some seconds. And they were still fouling and, and shooting. So a lot of those points came late, too. But what I didn't like is, again, he he takes off and he leaves his feet. And it leaves him either for a charge. You're seeing him get in foul trouble a lot during these playoffs. You see him get frustrated. You see him get frustrated often. If you watch those Bucks games, you see him looking around frustrated. And then you see it quickly turn into an offensive foul shortly thereafter. Because he forces so much and teams are learning, hey, man, if we can just get in his lanes, he he leaves his feet so much and he makes terrible passes at times. We saw that against the Rock. You can't leave your feet like that and throw it cross court. That's just... The unwritten rule of basketball. You cannot do that. And you see him doing that time after time. I'm not sure, and I want to get in that later on during the show. If he and and people are gonna say, man, how can you not say he's a superstar? He is, I guess with his athletic traits, but I'm not I'm sure he's an all-star. I just don't know if he's a super a superstar to me is man, at the end of that game, Dame Lillard could pull up from anywhere. Like you are not scared at one bit being down X amount of points or or you want that last possession with Lillard, with Harden and whoever it is. With with Giannis, I'm not I'm not too sure, man. I'm not I'm not sold that I want him with the ball in the last possession. I'd rather him play defense. You know what I mean? That's that's how bad it is with those other guys. I'd say, you know what? I'd rather I'd rather have the ball down one with Giannis. It's man, I'd rather be down one maybe and and just play defense and or, or you know whatever the case is or up one and, and play defense. But uh, I just don't trust him with the ball. Like to, to give him the merit that he has. I mean, people. Yes, he's awesome. He, he's, he's a physical specimen that I don't know if this league has ever seen. He can, he he can two steps from the three point line and and lay it up. I mean, that's the kind of guy he is. But he has to have space to get his euro step is a euro step. You know, it's it's long. It's a gallop. It's a euro gallop is what I look at it. And he has to have space for that to happen.
0: Well, I think it's back to Dell's point. It's about the guard play, right? I mean, I mean that's the big difference there. You see that with, you know with Lillard and it's a good point but i mean honestly do you really think the bucks are going to drop this series though
2: no no it's a good little scare maybe it's good for them what do you guys think to have that early scare to because again though if it was game two at home then you say man the bucks are gonna have the court crowd behind
3: them you don't have that now this is pure basketball you're having to see a player the team fight their way out of this yeah it's gonna have to be your play on the court you won't get the added emotion of uh a, a crowd and even you won't even have Orlando thinking well we got our one we're going back home there isn't well I mean for Orlando they're kind of home <laughs> yeah, right. but for them but it's not like Orlando's in Milwaukee thinking okay we got our one we can relax we, 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 we'll try to get home because um, we stole the game it's the same situation you may be playing in a different arena because there's three of them but it's all the same and if you're, if you're to Jerry's point I get it because Giannis not a, not a wing spectacular player but Giving the ball, giving the ball to him late in the game, and saying, "Okay, go get a bucket." There are ways to combat that because he's not a shooter. There are ways to get the ball out of his hand and ask another guy uh, to do it. So, to your point, I'd rather I'd rather him be protecting a lead and someone go at him one on one to get a stop as opposed to um, trying trying to get the win on the last second opportunity. It's 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 very hard to imagine this Magic team seven games under five hundred before before the playoffs started. Challenging the Bucks, and it's and it's one game, and I don't I don't think Vucevic is going for thirty five again, and even if he did, it, I don't think I don't think the Bucks are going to be down by double digits going to the second quarter. That's the big thing for both number one seeds. They were down big early, and as much as they both, at least particularly in the Lakers' case, fought back. Sometimes you don't have enough, and at the end, you don't have enough because you've done so much to get back. Um, I I think the Bucks will be fine. But they're going to need more from from the from the combination of Connaughton, Divincenzo, Bledsoe, and Matthews. I don't know if that's a championship perimeter, period. It's sh- but it's enough to beat the the Magic. They're just going to need more for him. Um And Middleton but the biggest thing is Middleton can't be 14 on 12 shots. He's an all star. Play like one. It changes the complexion of your team when he plays the way he's supposed to play. Yeah, it's
2: almost like. He's more of a scoring option from obviously from the outside than Giannis, but I trust him when he when 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 Middleton gets going, it's on. That's when the team gets going. That's when they that extra pass because Giannis they treat Giannis how how they treat Harden that, that defense once he does get space and he gets inside the paint or anywhere close to the defense collapses and you see him that's why he leaves his feet so much because he knows someone's open he just don't, doesn't know where to find it so you'll see him leave and he'll kick it out a lot of times Middleton, Middleton swings it and that's when you have the corvers and they have shooters that's what you're used to seeing them hit but I just don't like them giving up 122 that's something that 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 concerns me because that's not who they are and as a one seed you say well okay it's just one game well We're going to get into this Blazers Lakers because that's another one seed that went down, and and it's a one seed that struggled. I'm not too sure that any of these teams should be head above and head and shoulders above everyone else. If you looked at the odds, you were only getting uh, every hundred paid three hundred on the Lakers to win the series or to win the whole title. The Bucks right around one hundred to three fifty. You know, so you're you're telling me that they were that sure that you're only getting three to one to win the entire playoffs, and then this is what you get. In Game One, upsets. Let's talk about that Lakers Blazers series. We're going to talk a little bit about Heat Pacers. We're going to get back to your Astros because we have a lot to talk about on Altuve's swing. You're listening to Moneyline as we fill in for the bench on ESPN 97.5.
1: The HRP listener line dial 713-780-ESPN. Looking to outsource your company's HR and payroll, get the top initiative and smart solutions with HRP.net. You're listening to The Bench on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's John Granato and Lance Zerline. Yeah, we had a couple breakdowns. Which you can't have down the stretch, especially versus team, is Ray
3: High Lake-Portland. Um, and, and those two, you know, the two-headed monsters are the ones who kind of, you know, made the major plays. Um, you know, CJ hitting a big uh, big three, Damian uh, a couple threes as well. Um, and then Melo hitting three late and Gary Trent hitting a, a three. So they, they had five threes late in the game. Um, I we had to, uh, done an exceptional job of trying to keep them off the three-point line. But you know they made plays, enough plays to win the game down the stretch that we didn't.
2: Welcome back to the bench. Lakers' LeBron James talks about things that occurred in last night's game on the back heels of 23-17 and 16 triple-double. Big numbers for the All-Star, the veteran. But. The number that most counted is the W, and they couldn't get that. One hundred and ninety-three. Another one seed goes down. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. You want to get in on this? I want to know your thoughts. Is this the perfect timing for the Rockets? Is is the door wide open? Let me know what you think. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Because the Lakers look vulnerable. They looked it before this little bubble started, or 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 before the playoffs bubble started. And then we thought, well, maybe it's because they got things locked up. They don't need to risk much. Maybe they just it's a walkthrough right now. But as you see now that games that count, and you talked about having a good backcourt earlier, Dale. Well, we know that they don't have that. And outside of James and Anthony Davis, there's trouble for that team. We know that they, no Rondo, no Avery Bradley, two guys that are are, are, are veterans. And two guys that, that can hold the ball and be at least not maybe a third scoring option in Rondo, but someone to take the pressure off when Braun leaves the court to get the ball into AD. But now when you have guys like Caruso and that running around, it's trouble. Blazers are trouble. What do y'all think about that?
0: They definitely are. And th- there was like this narrative that the Lakers are so deep. Is that really the case? Not at all. They're not deep at all. Yeah. So I don't really get that. And, you know, to the Blazers, I mean, Damian Lillard, my Lord, has he been on a roll? And, Everybody, you can thank Skip Bayless for this. My God, he is going out of his way to just stick it to him, man. I don't know if you've seen him going after him on Twitter, dropping F-bombs on Skip. And now, of course, every day on, on Skip's show, he, he's coming up with all these ridiculous arguments to make it look like Damian Lillard's not playing well just because of a personal beef. So I think that's hilarious. And they woke him up, man. And Lillard, is, he's been fantastic.
2: 34-5-5. Five and five. It's crazy how much even his own teammates know it's coming. You saw Nurkic at the end of that game point to his wrist and say it's Dame time in a close game. Everyone knew it, and they know it. They trust it so much that he can shoot from the from the mid, mid-court paint. I, I, there's, I put a poll out last week, and, and I, I, first I was comparing Luka to Harden, and who would you want for one year? And We'll get into the results of that, but right now I want to know because the talk of the bubble has been – Dame Lillard. OK, the MVP of this bubble. But then being here in Houston, you see Rockets fans throw out the this is funny. This is something Harden's been doing for years. Now, all of a sudden, the media. Yeah. On paper. And I always say that box score readers. But if you watch it with your own eyes and you tell me that that's the same game, not saying that Harden might not be the Harden is a better overall score. Yes, he is more lethal. Yes. But if you're telling me that they do it in the same fashion, it's not. It's a kill mentality with Dame. It's Dane time. Whenever it, he feels it, he, he goes. It's, just, it's, it's his moment. No one's taking it. And I'm not saying that, that Harden's not making the right basketball play. We saw him do that yesterday. But with Dame, it's
0: a different feel when you watch him, isn't it? Well, I mean, I mean, Draymond Green came out and said this, I don't know, a few weeks ago, that Harden has done it for so long that people just act like it's no big deal. What is it? Three years in a row now he's been the scoring champ. I mean, people just kind of—he's old news.
3: There's there's part of that, but there's also there isn't the how do I put this the stench of failure that on Dame despite the fact they got swept by the Pelicans, but no one really watched that series that 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 Harden has, and a lot of that has to do with how many big series he's been in. But we all know the Game 6 against the Spurs um, where he disappeared. We know about the multiple turnovers. What was it, 13? There's some debate about how many there were against, against the Warriors. We have even against the Warriors the last couple of years when there wasn't Chris Paul part of the 0 for 27 and then losing Game 7 at home. You also have um, last year where late turnovers in that Game 6. They're just big moments where... He isn't at his best despite what he might have done leading up to that point. And Dame had Dame's moment came in against the Clippers when he missed the free throws and then missed the shot. But since then it's been different. And Dame has two spectacular moments on this resume. The knocking out the, the, the Rockets with his uh that sprint to the ball and, and rising up and firing and beating them in a game six. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. And then also against against the the Thunder. He has those moments that uh Harden does not. Despite how great James is, he doesn't have late game heroics in terms of the last second shot. And that kind of defines you, particularly when you don't have titles in this YouTube era, this highlight era, as much as James, you can watch a mixtape of what he does on the court, he doesn't have series clinching wins as far as shots are concerned. And the biggest the probably the biggest series win in Rockets history, at least his Rockets history, was um he didn't even play in the fourth quarter game six against the Clippers in the comeback. Now, he was great in game seven, but in the biggest moment of that series, he didn't play. Um, so that that's probably has something to do with it. And plus, a lot of it, as Josh said, a lot of his things he's done are old hat. Let me ask you about the Lakers and the Blazers for a second. When you get past the top two of, of Davis and LeBron, how many Blazers would you take before you got to the next Laker? All of them, pretty much. It's
2: it's. <laughs> I don't see very many that I could pick off of that other side on the Lakers. It just it gets real scarce real quick.
3: Yeah, and Zach Collins is hurt; he didn't play. But would you obviously Khalil and McCullum? You take Nurkic before you take another Laker. Would you take Mello before you took another Laker? Mello Trent Junior. I'm taking him probably as well. It just there's no depth. I
2: mean, because Kuzma he. he He's erratic. You can't trust him with the ball. He has his moments. He can be a score, but you don't trust him with the ball. With with that Blazers team, you feel like if it's a close game, they can be trusted. And you saw that fourth quarter, it was only, it was 22 points scored by the Blazers, 18 by the Lakers, 18, coming off a 19-point third quarter. So they scored, those Lakers scored 37 points in the second half. Let's get over to the HMP listener line real quick. And Blake wants to talk NBA. What's going on, Blake?
0: Uh, yes, I mean, I, I was hearing y'all talk about how, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a big Dane Willard fan, I definitely think he's probably one of the more clutch players in the league right now, um, but, you know, it, it was the first game, and this team, this Lakers team had not been playing together for all that long, I mean, they shipped in a bunch of pieces this, this year, um, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can count the Lakers out just yet, I do think it was, a, I mean, a massive upset last night,
1: but. Uh man, I was watching that Rockets game last night, and I think if this team gets hot, there isn't anybody in this league that can beat us. The way we were just popping off Ben Mclemore, I think had like six or seven threes. Um, it just looked like it just looked like we couldn't
0: be beat. Um, that's I mean that's that's pretty much all that I got. I'm excited to see Russell Westbrook going back uh, come back, and
1: then have a, that just makes us you know even even scarier these big teams that we're gonna be playing.
2: I agree, Blake. Uh, it just If that team, the door, it has to be more open than it has ever been in the perspective of Rockets fans right now because the uncertainty behind the teams at top regularly was, well, it's only a matter of time before you got to run into those Warriors or whatever the case may be, right now, it seems like it's open. That one seed seems like a false one seed. The Lakers, not to say that only on one game, I'm just seeing overall with no third guy, with no brain to, because to beat those Rockets, you have to have, uh, you saw what happened when the Lakers played the Rockets when LeBron was out. You have to have someone that could speed the game up and play it as such, but you also have to have someone that can slow the game down and take the Rockets out of their comfort zone. Make them play a half court, as, much, as hard as that sounds, but someone to slow the game down and minimize possessions at certain times for that to happen LeBron's gonna have to play 40 minutes plus and at this age that's not I mean that's not what they were looking to do that's why they brought in Anthony Davis to take some of that load off but once you're missing two guys that are potential point guards Rondo which is he's not I I don't like him I, I don't like him at all but he is at least has a, has a has a point guard brain on him someone that is fantastic at passing and I believe that he would have had enough to to give him that third guy right now it's when LeBron leaves the court for that first rotation and Anthony Davis finishes that first quarter, it's trouble. Teams are having just all out on them. And then when you have a team like Portland that's built all the way around and they didn't even have that Collins in yesterday, when a team that has a, a second team that could bring in Trent or whenever uh, Lillard leaves the court, Melo still scoring option. It's They have too many options. And, okay, you as a Rockets guy, a Rockets fan, who would you rather see right now, Lakers or Portland, if you had to play one of the two? I'm going
0: Portland. Look, I know they're on fire right now, but this is LeBron James, dude. You know, he, I'm gonna bet on him. I'm just saying it. Let's not overthink this.
2: Definitely. Let's see what Robert's got to think about this because he's talking Bucks, Lakers. What's going on, Robert? You're on uh, the bench. How's it going, uh, Jerry Bow? Josh, how's it going?
0: Hey, what's up, Robert?
2: Hey, nothing much, man. Uh, so the the thing with me is, man, I think uh, everybody's. Uh, not realizing that the the Bucks and the Lakers, man, they took uh, a couple weeks off, you know, not playing. It's kind of like in the NFL, where they kind of they don't play them before the playoffs, and they just got to get adjusted, get get into the groove of things again. And I, I think they uh they take over, man. And one more question for Jerry, man, who you got if the Bucks are going to cover with a negative twelve? <laughs> I'll get you. I'll get you some picks for sure. I'm gonna give you a bunch of basketball picks before we get out of here. Let's get right back to the HRP listener line. CW wants to talk Rockets.
3: Hey, guys, how's it going?
2: Good morning to you.
3: Uh, Yeah, I was going to tune in about uh, Westbrook coming back to the Rockets rotation. We see last game, they weren't doubling James Harden, but we know that when Russell and James are on the court at the same time, that gives the defense the chance to double Harden because they know Russell Westbrook isn't efficient from the three-point line. So was it a blessing in disguise to actually have Ben McLemore and all of the shooters around Harden last night to get that game won? And will it hurt the Rockets when Westbrook comes back to the rotation uh, in regards to double teaming team and James Harden and taking them out of this game?
2: It's, it's a good uh, – that's interesting. Uh, it, it, it is. It is because – I think, again, it goes back to this particular matchup because the best lineup that OKC has is that three-guard lineup. You're playing into the Rockets' hands. That's what they do well. Now, when Westbrook comes back, I love having that option of – of and, and it's changed a little bit now because before we would use that narrative that it doesn't exist as much anymore, that Harden's going to dribble it out until there's five seconds. And I'm if you look at on my Twitter, I'm, I'm notorious for getting them on for that. I, I am, but I got to them, give them credit where it's due. The, whenever Westbrook was, was in, the double team is coming. He's even doing the bounce pass to get it there quicker to the top of the key. That's how you beat that. When they come in trap, if you can find someone right on top of that free throw line or right in between that free throw line, right there by the top of the arc, that key, if you can get that ball there to beat that trap, now everyone has to collapse to him. If you have a, a, a guy that can put it on the floor there, now the defense collapses to the paint. Now he kicks it either this corner or that corner, open looks. That's what you're getting right now. With Westbrook, you get... You get a change of pace, a speed. Sometimes Harden's going to do his thing and he's still going to make the right pass, hopefully. But with Westbrook, you have to have that, that I'm going to put it on the floor and just go and get it and yam on him. That's what you get with Westbrook. I'm, I'm curious to see this keep going. I have to because we know that Westbrook struggles with the shot. Now, we saw him throughout this season uh, let up a little bit as far as the mid-range. He got or, or actually make it more of a mid-range rather than the little bit short of two feet of a three-pointer, which is like, hey, step back behind the line or scoot up at least five, six feet. And he's finding that little sweet spot. Now, you see him get to it, and that's what you need. I'm excited to see what these Rockets got going because we've never seen anything like this. It's it's trial and error. Now, now by no means... Uh, by no means am I saying go and bet them to win the title. I don't know if they win that, but at the value right now, with all these other teams hurting right now, you see in the Bucks lose, the Lakers, the Clippers, they should have lost without an, without Porzingis getting thrown out. What happens in that game? We don't know. It's wide open right now, and the phone lines are wide open for you seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. It's money line filling in for the bench on ESPN ninety seven five.
1: Hey, this is Trey Wingo. You're listening to ESPN 97.5 Houston.
2: Hello.